0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's your host as always. I'm Vivian Atakos, and I'm excited to welcome you to yet another episode of the Sweet Potato Genetic Advances and Innovative Seed Systems podcast. Sweet Kids. Today we are joined by Kwame Ogero, who is a scientist specializing in building sustainable seed systems. Kwame is based out of Tanzania. We will be discussing innovations within the seed system, going by the topic. Innovation at the last mile. Welcome, Kwame. Let us get into the discussion. Seeds are vital to farmer productivity. Can you share with us some of the obstacles that farmers face in accessing quality seed?
1: For a long time, there's been a disconnect between farmers and upstream sources of quality seed. Either farmers are not aware of those sources, and also, even when they are aware of those sources, the distances between the two are huge so you find that maybe a research station that is producing quality seed is in a city which is 200 kilometers away from where the beneficiary farmer is so the farmer will not be able to reach and get that quality seed we have a challenge of farmers not being aware of the benefits of quality seed especially in terms of increasing yield also they are not aware of uh, the new improved varieties that are coming out of uh, the research pipeline. Therefore, farmers keep recycling what they have, even when it's already infected by diseases.
0: Maybe we can delve deeper into that. When they use material that is infected, what does this mean for their productivity?
1: Uh, It actually implies that they are going to have less yields Usually what happens is that the virus is within the plant. So if you cut a vine from an infected plant and uh, use it as your planting material for the next season, then it means you've actually transferred that uh, disease. You are enabling the virus to build up within the plant. And over time, you will realize that there's uh, a consistent decline in um, tons per acreage.
0: And that brings me to the mission of uh, the International Potato Center. It is dedicated to developing improved varieties of sweet potato. Why is it important to breed varieties that are suited to local preferences and conditions?
1: Okay, there are two key reasons. The first one is uh, climate and the second one is farmer preferences. Uh, different places have different climatic conditions, uh, including rain patterns, you know, humidity, temperature, and all these affect how the crop is going to grow therefore it is important to come up with varieties that can do well in the target areas an area which has a very cold you know environment will require varieties that are resilient to that environment and an area which has a warm environment will require varieties which do well in warm environments and secondly also consumer preferences differ from place to place in the us in europe mostly you find orange flesh sweet potato but in africa farmers and other consumers they're used to the white flesh or yellow flesh varieties which have high dry matter content so if you are introducing a new variety then you have to consider what are the preferences of consumers there If it's something which is new and you know maybe it is more beneficial, then you have to sell it or you have to market it so that people can appreciate uh, the new added benefits even though they didn't prefer them in the first place.
0: Just taking note of the different varieties that have been bred for different areas and different preferences, how do we as the International Potato Centre make this seed readily available to the farmers? We
1: have to build strong delivery systems by partnering with the national agricultural research systems in different countries because in the end of the day these are the the main people on the ground so far SIPA has been strengthening the capacities of various stakeholders in production of quality seed all the way from pre-basic seed which is old generation seed to quality declared seed which is produced at farmer level. And in doing this, we have partnered with national agricultural research systems, for instance, in 11 countries, to strengthen capacities for sustainable early generation seed production. These countries have business plans and revolving funds, and majority of them can cover recurrent costs. So this is one way of ensuring that that sustainable production of quality seed even with the small project support. In addition, we have uh, built capacities of different types of farmers to produce basic and quality declared seed. These are down the chain, medium to large scale farmers who are producing basic seed. So they get pre basic seed from uh, the research stations and then they produce basic seed, which then goes down to select small holders who produce quality declared seed. And this is what goes to uh, root producers and uh, by doing this you actually even reduce the distances that are traveled to access quality seed.
0: Just in general why would each of those steps be important?
1: Yes these steps are for quality purposes and this quality and the cost because you expect that the quality of uh, seed is very high at upstream level at EGS level. For instance if I can maybe take you through what, how maybe the production of quality seed and delivery is organized in a the, in the seed system. So first of all, you have the breeders doing the breeding work. And then uh, the breeders develop an improved variety. Once that variety is released, it needs to go to the farmers. So the first stage in the seed system is that this material has to be tested for viruses. And then uh, if it's infected, then it cleaned up. From there, it goes through tissue culture multiplication. And then from there, it goes into the screenhouse, where further bulking up is done as pre-basic seed. And this is done at the National Agricultural Research Station Centers or uh, private tissue culture laboratories. From pre-basic seed, it goes down to basic seed, which is now produced by the National Agricultural Research Centers, or it can be produced by commercial seed producers, farmers who have the capacity to produce at a large scale. And then from there, it then goes down to another level of farmers who now do what is called production of quality declared seed. When you look at uh, those classes and you look at uh, seed standards that are enforced by the regulatory bodies in different countries, at pre-basic level, there is actually zero tolerance for viruses. But then as you go down to basic tolerance level for different things like maybe 5% you can do maybe 5% tolerance. As you go down, you expect that the quality is kind of going down also, but systems have been put in place to ensure that actually quality does not have an impact in productivity at farm level.
0: Maybe sticking with quality issues and going back to the farmer, how do these farmers perceive quality?
1: That's a good question. Farmers, because they have interacted with the crop so much, they understand when they see a declining yield. Because viruses are the key disease constraint in sweet potato production, and farmers are able to identify the virus symptoms, and they can actually tell you that next time, if I'm going to pick uh, planting material from this plot, I will not pick uh, plants which are, you know, have this and these types of symptoms. They actually relate yield decline with uh, poor seed quality. And because of that, if they are going to recycle planting material from their fields, they know how to select clean or what they perceive to be clean planting material.
0: One of the bottlenecks in the seed systems we know is also the distance that these farmers that you're speaking about have to travel in order to access quality seed. Could you tell us how your work is helping to bring more quality seed to these remote places.
1: Okay, when uh, you look at the work that has been done on uh, sweet potato seed systems across sub-Saharan Africa, uh, most projects have tried to establish and build capacities of decentralized vine multiplication. That's where you have different, more older farmers who are trained to produce uh, clean seed. They are given uh, training on... Uh, agronomic practices, business skills, and then uh, they are given starter material which they can bulk up and continue multiplying to sell to other farmers. This system is considered appropriate to disseminate quality seed because of the nature of uh, sweet potato seed. It's bulky, highly perishable, and because of transport costs. But uh, the downside with this system, which we've seen, is that uh, decentralized vine multipliers and producers of pre uh, basic seed, which are mainly research stations, are, off, are not well linked. So, to bridge this gap, uh, SIP has been working with uh, several medium scale farmers to ensure that easy access for farmers downstream. We've identified farmers who have a capacity to produce seed at a medium scale and on a cost share basis. They can act as an interface between the decentralized seed systems downstream and uh, the upstream sources of uh, you no know, pre-basic seed. And the reason why we do this through a cost-sharing approach is to ensure ownership and su- sustainability. If seed is supporting the farmer maybe 50%, the farmer has to chip in 50%. So that way the farmers put in his own resources And in the end of the program or in the end of the project, that production of clean seed can continue.
0: Okay, that's great. And I think it also ensures or brings in an aspect of sustainability, which is also important. Maybe still sticking with that same item on access to quality seed. From your work with farmers, do you find that they are actually willing to pay for this quality sweet potato seed?
1: You know, when you talk about willingness to pay among farmers, you have to consider so many factors. This ranges from social cultural factors, locations, and uh, the commercial nature of the crop in their areas. For instance, starting with the social cultural uh, norms, there are places where they've been used to sharing seed without monetary exchange. There are some places where it's actually very difficult to change that practice. But there are some areas where you find that uh, there's a very long dry period between two sweet potato seasons where there's no rain completely. And any farmer was a leftover crop of vines will lose it. So when the rains come, only those farmers who have access to lowlands or so they're near rivers or lakes, and where they can have some, at least some water, they're the only ones who are able to conserve seed, which means that the rest of the community have to rely on these few farmers to get uh, seed to plant. So in those areas, you'll find that farmers are actually buying uh, seed. And also there are areas where sweet potato is more commercial. You find that farmers have a certain target market uh, where they sell their roots. So in those instances, the farmers ensure that they actually have very good quality seed, and if they don't have enough, they will go and buy it. But uh, you know, with awareness creation on the benefits of quality seed, and uh, also with uh, increasing awareness among farmers on uh, you know yield decline through recycling of seed, we are starting to see some increased willingness to pay, even in areas where it was never practiced to buy seed.
0: That brings me to my next question on maybe partnerships. And perhaps you had alluded to it earlier uh, when you spoke about the national agriculture research systems. So how do partnerships with such institutions, these government institutions, how does it help to maintain seed standards?
1: A fully sustainable seed system, actually, will depend on a government's willingness to invest and proactively promote production and use of quality seed so you can actually look at it from two perspectives there's the production part and also the quality assurance so when you look at the production part for vegetative crops is the national agricultural research stations which are actually at the forefront of producing and ensuring that farmers have access to quality seed because The private sectors are shied away from uh, vegetative crops for a long time because of the unique challenges. And then when you look at the other hand, when it comes to quality assurance, is the government that comes up with policies, uh, regulations, and standards that govern production, dissemination of uh, quality seed. So that means actually the government authorities, those producing and those in charge of quality assurance, are brought on board at all times and that also ensures that there is ownership of all these processes by the governments.
0: So what is Sweet Gains' main contribution to accelerate the adoption by smallholder farmers of new sweet potato varieties in Uganda and Tanzania?
1: Okay, under Sweet Gains we are trying to test new approaches that we believe that are going to Ensure that there is uh, increased uptake of uh, new varieties, new improved varieties, by understanding what farmers need through coming up with product profiles. That's going to farmers and uh, listening to them, what they look for in uh, sweet potato varieties, and then incorporating that in a breeding system. By ensuring that uh, now breeders and seed systems uh, experts are working hand in hand, it means that we'll be able to uh, achieve our goal of ensuring that uh, there is high adoption of improved varieties that are coming out of uh, uh, the research institutes. This is important because uh, seed systems experts are working, handing hand down with the farmers. We get the feedback from the farmers what they want or what they don't want. And then if we can give this uh, feedback to uh, breeders, then it means it's being that one is uh, being taken care of. It means that uh, by the time a variety is about to be released, we've already started doing cleaning and production of quality seed before the release date, so that if a variety is released today and farmers can have enough seed from tomorrow, so that... Uh, when a variety is out, as a seed system person, I don't have again to go and do a demonstration uh, trials with farmers to you know to showcase the the added benefits of that variety.
0: What advice do you have for other organisations that are looking to strengthen the local seed system?
1: Ensure that you engage all the stakeholders. This is very crucial. Listen to the farmers. Listen to extension officers. Listen to scientists. Communicate because we all have a common goal, by communicating you are able to know who is doing what and in which area and what is missing. That way we avoid duplicating efforts and uh, it helps in terms of aligning goals and objectives. We might be having maybe different short-term objectives but the long-term goal is the same.
0: Great, I think that collaboration is very important as you have mentioned. Turning back to you, Kwame, as an individual, let's get to hear more about your passion. Why are you engaging in this work? Why do you want to strengthen this sweet potato seed systems?
1: The smile of a smallholder farmer who is able to pay a child's fees from the income coming from a productive uh, sweet potato farm. When you listen to the stories of a farmer telling you that, you know, I built this house from... uh, My sweet potato business last year might be by selling seed or by selling roots. That's what keeps me going. And uh, yeah, and just ensuring that, you know, even farmers who who rely on sweet potato are actually able to turn around their lives. uh, Because this is a crop that has been uh, neglected uh, by, especially by the big uh, private sector seed companies, which are more attracted to cereals.
0: Thank you, Kwame. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, hosting you in this podcast. Perhaps we would like to hear from you again in the future. Thanks a lot for your
1: time. Uh, thank you, too, and you're most welcome.
0: Please join us next time for another episode of the Sweet Games podcast, where we explore further innovations in modern plant breeding. This program is led by the International Potato Center and forms part of 1CGIAR's Excellence in Breeding Platform.